When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, Score North listeners, it's Phil Mackey here. And starting Monday, September 23rd and running through Friday, September 27th, we at Score North are raising money to feed and change the lives of Twin Cities homeless. We're calling it Score North's Mission for Meals, supporting the Union Gospel Mission Shelter in St. Paul. We're auctioning off some awesome sports-related packages, including Twins playoff tickets with luxury transportation to the ballpark, a gopher football tunnel experience, a Vikings-Packers package, also live show sit-ins with Glenn Perkins, Alex Boone, and a lot more. Money raised will go directly into helping transform the lives of Twin Cities homeless. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals is where you can see all the packages. That's scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. Or if you just want to donate, you can go to the same website. $1.96 provides a meal and shelter for a homeless person. Scorenorth.com slash mission for meals. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. The Vikings game just ended. What you think? Let's hear it. It's Vikings Vent Line. Call us at 651-646-8255 or tweet us at Score North. Vent, this is Vikings Vent Line. All right, welcome to Vikings Vent Line, Phil Mackey, Manny Hill, and we're doing this video stream only today because Minnesota United is looking for its first ever MLS playoff berth, and so Mm -hmm. we're streaming live right now on Twitter, Twitch, and on Facebook. So we thank you guys for coming and hanging out with us. And uh, if you want to chime in in the chat section, we're going to have all three of those chat sections open. There's no phone lines today, but we'd love to take your feedback and your comments, and we will have the chat boxes open. Uh, and on the screen, you can see we're pulling in the uh, the chat box from um, from the Periscope account. So come hang out with us, Manny Hill, Phil Mackey. And I'll just start, Manny, by saying, that was the ultimate good medicine game for the Vikings. That was yeah. that was them getting right in, in pretty much every possible phase, right? It was a dominant defensive performance for the most part. Uh, once again, they ran the ball down an opponent's throat for the third straight week, 200-plus yards rushing. And Kirk Cousins was a game manager. Kirk Cousins only threw, I think, 21 passes, no mm-hmm. interceptions. He tried to throw an interception or two, but he wound up with no interceptions. And I'd like to start the show just by talking about how much I love this blueprint and how much this blueprint clearly works as long as the quarterback doesn't shipwreck it. And yes, there's things to nitpick. The offensive line hasn't been perfect by any means in the pass blocking department this season. But when your defense plays this well and when your uh, running game is this dominant, 
and you've got weapons around to help your quarterback, as long as your quarterback doesn't do what he did in the fourth quarter of that Green Bay game, this is a damn good blueprint, Manny Hill. It is It is exactly, I think, the way Mike Zimmer wants to do things for this team, that he wants to run the ball uh, first, and he wants to play really sound, really strong defense. And so far in the two win, well, well, actually, you know what? All three games, the Vikings have been able to do that. They've been able to run the football with a lot of effectiveness, and they've played pretty good defense in these first three games. Unfortunately, the one game that they lost last week was because your quarterback did exactly what you don't want him to do, which is sabotage yes. what what you're trying to do as a team and, and the game plan that you're trying to do and, and trying to execute by turning the ball over. Kirk Cousins did that three times last week in, at Lambeau Field. He took care of the football today, didn't turn it over at all. And, um, you know, and, and the passing game was as effective as they needed it to be today. There were still some hiccups there. Cousins, like you said, almost threw an interception on a on a screen pass, um, you know, and the protection wasn't always great either. But overall, you run for 211 yards on 38 carries and you don't turn the ball over. You don't make any huge major mistakes that cost you. It's a blueprint for a win. They did exactly what they needed to do against a bad team. They took care of business today. So it's a blueprint for a win and it's been a blueprint for two wins and what should have been a third win for the Vikings in that Green Bay game. Do you think it's a blueprint for a Super Bowl? Because that's the that's the real question. Yeah, um, that's a great question. I don't think it is a blueprint for a Super Bowl championship. I think it is a, a blueprint to get you to the playoffs. It's a blueprint to keep you in a playoff game. But ultimately, if this team is going to go as far as they are aspiring to go, they're going to need Kirk Cousins to make some plays with his arm and not cost them games by turning the ball over like he did last week. Um, he is going to have to he's going to have to throw a lot in in certain games this year. I mean, I, I look at a game like Kansas City coming up in, in November. Kirk Cousins is going to have to throw the ball a lot in that game. I mean, the, the Chiefs. Um, we know what they are offensively, you know, with, with Patrick Mahomes, and we'll get a little bit more into that matchup as we approach that game uh, in the weeks to come. But that is the type of game that you're probably going to be – that's the type of matchup you're probably going to face when you get to the postseason. Obviously not the Kansas City Chiefs because they're in the other conference, but that's the quality of opponent that you may have to beat to go to a Super Bowl, and you're not going to be able to do that by just – you know, running, hoping that you can run for 200 plus yards and your quarterback doesn't have to do a whole lot for you. Yeah, it's going to take, you know, it's going to take some some efforts from Kirk Cousins throwing the football with effectiveness in order for this team to uh, to go far. But right now, as far as getting to the playoffs, I think it's a formula that can work so far. I mean, they've they've done that overall in these first three games. The, the one game that they didn't do that or, or the one game that they lost, it was because their quarterback couldn't take care of the ball. Yeah. So I'll say this, I I actually do think it's a blueprint for the Super Bowl, but I also don't know if anyone's going to beat the Patriots or the Chiefs. Those, sure. those two teams look so far and beyond anybody else right now in the NFL, mm-hmm. um, even without Antonio Brown, if you're the Patriots. But if you go back and look at the last 10 years, there's there are some very prominent examples of of emphasizing defense and run game, and then the passing game is sort of a complement to those two things. 
And I would I would point to the 2013 Seattle Seahawks with a young Russell Wilson. Now, obviously, mm-hmm. Russell Wilson emerged into a guy who can carry a team and can carry an offense too. And that's that's been more of of what they've done the last couple of years. Yep. Um, the 2012, both of the t- the two teams that played in the 2012 regular season, uh, 2013 Super Bowl, the Ravens and the 49ers, those were two of the best rushing offenses and defenses in the NFL. And they were asking their quarterbacks not to shoulder the whole load, but to go out there when it was necessary. Hey, Joe Flacco, go get hot. Colin Kaepernick, that was a, Colin Kaepernick was, uh, that was more of a read option sort of uh, blend into the offense. So that yep. might be a little bit of an apples to oranges, but. And then I would even point to not the 2011 Giants. We kind of lumped the 2007 and 2011 Giants in the, in the same group because it's Eli Manning and defense. Mm-hmm. They beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. But specifically the 2007 Giants, which th- that, that winning formula was mostly pass rush, run the ball, and then Eli gets hot mm-hmm. in the postseason. And so if your formula is pass rush and defense, which – that's been the Vikings formula for six years now. And running game is your most important offensive asset. And then the passing game can, can kind of sit third behind those two things. And you're no longer asking Kirk Cousins like you were for most of the season last year to throw the ball 40 times. Mm-hmm. But if you do get into a situation where he has to throw the ball a bunch, and obviously uh, it didn't work out the way that they wanted in Green Bay when they asked him to throw the ball more. You got Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, yeah. Kyle Rudolph. I mean, A.J. Smith looked amazing today as a weapon. You can throw the ball to Dalvin Cook. So uh, I just I love the fact that they have de-emphasized the passing game. And now, to me, it's just a matter of can you take this formula into Chicago? Can you take this formula into some of these big games you're going to play? You're going to play Kansas City. What does it look like throughout the year in their big games? They're 0 for 1. That Packers game stands out like a sore thumb because, hey, here's the car. Here's right. the blueprint. Don't crash the car. And the quarterback crashed the car. Yeah. But when he doesn't crash the car, no pun intended today, they crashed Derek <laughs> Carr multiple times. It's a really compelling blueprint, Manny. Yeah, it is. But again, it, 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 it goes back to Kirk Cousins. And I don't think that Kirk Cousins is going to need to be throwing for 350 yards for this team to go to the Super Bowl, but he has to, I think he does have to get hot. I think he does have to play similar to the way Joe Flacco played in 2012. He brought up the Ravens. Yep. And it, it's going to take a, a Kirk Cousins putting together a handful of games late in the year where he plays really well, doesn't turn the ball over. I think Flacco threw in that playoff run with the Ravens, I think he threw one interception, if I'm not mistaken. I think he had one turnover. Um, that's what it's going to take from Kirk Cousins. Unfortunately, right now, the reputation that Kirk Cousins has is in these big games, in these big moments where they need him to make a throw or they need him to make a play, he comes up short. He comes up small. He makes a bad interception. He turns the ball over by fumbling somehow. I mean, he's got to get that off of his shoulders. He does not have to carry this offense. He's got talent. He's got two of the best receivers in the NFL. He has who I think now, I'm in agreement with you, I think Dalvin Cook's the best running back in football right now. Yeah. The way he's playing and the way this system is set up for him. That's my hot take of the day. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you on that. He's, he's been tremendous in these first three games. So Kirk Cousins has the talent around him. The offensive line isn't great, but I think it's, it's, it's good enough. It should be good enough. 
You just need this quarterback to not sabotage what you're trying to do week in and week out, and that's running the football, playing good defense, and not turning the ball over. If they can do that, they can go on a run. But we've got to, Phil, we've got to see the quarterback be able to do this, though. We've got to be able to see him. Again, we're going to be looking at Chicago next week. Can Kirk Cousins not completely set the Vikings offense on fire <laughs> next, week, <laughs> next week at Soldier Field? Can he just take care of the ball? Not the Last year they went to Soldier Field. They played that Sunday night game, and he threw two awful interceptions and gave them no chance to win the game. Yeah. He's got to avoid those type of things, and it's easy to do that against the Oakland Raiders like today because the Raiders are a bad team. But you're going to be playing arguably the best defense in football next week on the road in, you know, in a grass field that is not really conducive to what you have on offense. You're going to have to be able to take care of the ball, run the ball with effectiveness. The Vikings can do that, and they just got to hope this quarterback doesn't sabotage everything. Yes. And by the way, I'm just typing this into the comment section here. We are we have pulled in the Periscope comments, too. If you're, so if you're watching on Twitter, uh, it's blended in with Periscope. We'll take your comments and questions and we'll read them here live on the show uh, in that in that uh, that chat box. So let's start off with I see uh, there's <laughs> let me pull this up again. Um, we got people watching from all over the country. I saw a hello from or all over the world. Actually, I saw a hello from Australia. Um the Lions are lioning right now. We're getting a comment here from a special student, too. The Lions look great, up by 10 points, and uh, now they are firmly lioning. So we'll, we'll keep tabs on what's happening around the NFL. Um, yeah, uh, Curb Appeal. Here's, I'm going to take Curb Appeal's comment here. Raiders are a bad team, understatement of the century. I'm gonna, let's flush that out for a second here because, obviously, you feel great if you're the Vikings after this win. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. But two things off of that, okay? You lost this same game to the Buffalo Bills last year. Mm-hmm. So to just to just not have a game like that where you lose a game at home that you're not supposed to lose and it sets you back in terms of the playoff race, that's step one, and they accomplished that today. Um, but step two is I don't think you have to apologize for this. You know, th- this was really th- – there was no large upside. There's, there wasn't a lot to be gained off this game. Mm-hmm. You were supposed to beat them. You were supposed to look great against them. You were supposed to make Derek Carr look foolish. Um, so really all the boxes that you were checking in this game are boxes that we all expected you to check Minnesota Vikings. But you checked the boxes. Yeah. So if I, I think maybe this is a hot take. If they would have lost this game and oh then you boy. go to Chicago next week, I think your season's over. Yeah. I think your season's over. So in a lot of ways, the pressure decreases because you come back home, you're playing a bad team. But there is that underlying thought in the back of your head that, man, if you don't win this game, yeah. And now you got some tough games on the horizon that your season's over after three weeks. So at least your season's not over, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the Vikings shouldn't apologize for the Oakland Raiders being on their schedule. I mean, they every team in the NFL, all the good teams in the NFL. I mean, look, and again, it's it's not really a fair uh, the, the fairest of comparisons, but the New England Patriots got to play the New York Jets today. And they're going to get to play the Buffalo Bills, and they're going to – you know, they're going to get to play the Miami Dolphins one more time. So, you know, every team gets a chance to play a cupcake over the course of the season. All the good teams get to play one or two bad teams a season. So the Vikings should not have to apologize for having to play the Oakland Raiders today. And the Raiders are a bad team. Yeah. They're one of the worst teams in the league. And the, but, but the Vikings 
to their credit, they took care of business today. They didn't mess around. They jumped out to a big lead. They ran the football. They didn't turn it over. The defense was pretty much from start to finish really good. The, the Raiders got a garbage touchdown late in the game that doesn't matter. So, I mean, this was a this was a good win. They took care of they took care of business. Now the question is going to be they're going to get a better opponent next week in the Chicago Bears. Can they can they take some momentum that they may have gained today into into Soldier Field next week and more importantly, can this quarterback do that? And that's going to be the most important question. Yeah. Uh, just going through some more of your comments here. Uh, Benjamin says, I'm cutting the brakes on this team. Skull, stealing something from our Score North Twin Show. Cutting the brakes is a good thing, by the way. Well, I mean, it could be a bad thing, too. It just means that you're all in on, on this team. Um, Brian says, why do you think the Vikings look like a completely different team at home? I think there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, I mean, the, the fact that the fact that. Kirk Cousins just looks much more calm and less flustered at home. Well, I think there's something – I think he's the type of guy that gets worked up and amped up. He has a hard time – actually, a, a, a quick story here. So I once interviewed uh, the the mental coach for Phil Jackson's teams. Like he, George Mumford is the guy's name. Okay. And George has a book if you, if you ever want to read a really interesting sports psychology book. So George Mumford was – Phil Jackson's personal mental coach for those Bulls teams in the 90s and then the Lakers teams with Kobe and Shaq. Okay. And I was asking him one time in this interview, we did a podcast together like four years ago, how do the top athletes not get flustered when you're you're on the road, you're an NBA player, and there's 20,000 screaming fans, you're trying to shoot a free throw, um, the opposing team's on a 10-0 run, you're hurt, whatever it is, you know, how do the best guys block it out? And he said, he gave a very scientific response and then kind of elaborated on it. He said, the best players in the world, he said, like, take Steve Kerr as a free throw shooter. The guy shot like 90% as a free throw guy or Kobe Mm -hmm. Bryant in big moments. They can put space between the stimulus and the response. The stimulus meaning here's the thing that's happening. Here's the pressure. Here's the crowd. And then your response to the thing that's happening. And I'll never forget the way that he framed that up. And that's one of the one of the great sports psychologists of our lifetimes. And I can't get Kirk Cousins out of my mind when I think about, all right, you're on the road. It's Green Bay. Uh, the it, It's loud. There's pressure. You're making a lot of money, like all the different factors that might go into you, how you feel at a given moment. Right. You want to yeah. be the guy and this is your chance. And there's all these mental things that creep in and physical things that creep in. And he doesn't strike me as the type of guy that can really easily just take a step back. Okay. All right. Like they showed that interception in the corner of the end zone again. Like, dude, that was first down. Yeah. If you if, <laughs> if you would have watched that play just out of context and said, okay, no context at all. Uh, watch this play. What's the situation? You would have said, well, fourth down for sure, right? He just right. throws a prayer into the back of the end zone. That's the only time you ever make that throw is if on fourth down and everything's falling apart. Right. At that point, you just you just have nothing else to lose. Yeah, and then and then you layer in the context of actually it was first down. Right. There was plenty of time on the clock, <laughs> and you had just run the ball down their throats for like yes. the previous eight plays, and your defense hasn't allowed a point in the second half. And so so to answer the question about why why is this team so much better at home than on the road? Well, all NFL teams are better at home than on the road. Uh, you just have so many built-in advantages. You get to communicate at the line of scrimmage. Mm-hmm. I think the Vikings' defense plays faster on the surface, and so they can fluster quarterbacks at a higher level. But 
I also think that Kirk Cousins feels more comfortable and thus is less likely to derail a game. I mean, I don't know how else to put it. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, the Lions are going to hold on to win in Philadelphia, it looks like. Think about this. Unbeaten Detroit, through three games. 2-0-1. The, the Detroit Lions are a meltdown against Kyler Murray away from being in first place in the NFC North. Yeah. Um, and that was the team that everybody thought would be in the cellar in this division. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I think with Kirk Cousins, you, you just, you just see it on, you know, in, in those big situations where some of those guys have, you know, we, we see it with the, the Brady's and the Rogers and, you know, some of the Montana's and with, you know, just speaking on that position specifically, those guys just, they don't get flustered when, you know, they don't always win, but they don't get flustered when the moment is really, really big. And I think sometimes Kirk Cousins, or all the time really so far, is when that moment is big, when he knows that he has to make a play in a big moment against a big opponent, he just, for whatever reason, he just thinks about it too much. He tries to, he thinks he's supposed to do more than maybe what he should. And then he ends up making a boneheaded mistake, a bad interception, or yeah. he can't, you know, he doesn't really have the pocket presence and somebody comes around the edge and hits him and fumble and he fumbles. I mean, for whatever reason, I mean, Kirk Cousins is, look, he's a talented quarterback. It's not, it's not like he's not, he's not skilled. He's, he's got the good, the good body type. He's got the good size. He's got a strong enough arm. He can, he's not freakishly athletic i mean he's not lamar jackson but he can get outside the pocket and move around a little bit but for whatever reason it just it's up here man it's just when that big moment happens he just can't up here it just it just doesn't yeah. it just doesn't go for him like and, that's that screen pass that almost went for a pick six back the other way today it's yeah. like, like what are you like, <laughs> yeah. what are you, like what are you doing unless what are you doing unless conditions unless playing conditions are perfect for him the protection is good. The pocket is clean. The receivers are open and he's got all kinds of time to 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 throw the football unless it's unless that's happening. He's just not going to be able to overcome it for whatever reason. Now, the Vikings, I think, are hoping that somehow he can find a way to overcome those situations. But so far, you know, seven plus years in the league, he just has never been able to overcome situations not being completely perfect for him yeah all right some more comments here if you're uh, jumping in here to the live stream vikings vent line no phone lines today because our main studio is tied up with minnesota united fc looking to uh, get into the playoffs for the first time so we're taking your comments and questions via uh, more specifically the periscope feed because we've got that pulled up here on the uh, on the live video stream and a couple people are asking about, well, let's let's go to Irv Smith here. Um, special student two says thoughts on Irv Smith and Alex Madison. Well, I think for the early the, the early thoughts for me are that they they just nailed two skill position draft picks. And Irv Smith had that it got it got chopped off because of a penalty, but he had that long reception uh, catch and run in the second half. And all I could think about was. Do you ever play Mario Kart and do time trials? Mm -hmm. And you could so you could like race against the ghost of whoever has the best time on that track. <laughs> and all I could, when, when, when I, I keep calling him AJ Smith, when, uh, when Irv Smith is running, I'm like seeing what Kyle Rudolph would look like if he was trying to keep up with him. <laughs> Just like, Whoa, okay. That's a tight end. It's a tight end. He's running 
he's running faster than most wide receivers are. So I, I think it would be a good call for the Vikings to make sure that Smith gets three or four targets minimum per game here going forward because that dude can make something happen. Uh, Alex Madison, 58 yards on the ground today on 12 carries and that uh, rushing touchdown where he leaped over a Raider and got into the end zone. That was impressive. Um, Irv Smith Jr., Phil, he was the Vikings' leading receiver with 60 uh, receiving yards today. Yeah. Only three receptions. Uh, Dalvin Cook actually led the team with four catches. Uh, But Irv Smith Jr. was basically the leading receiver for the Vikings today. Three catches, 60 yards on three targets. So, I mean, you know it's there. I mean, it, it sometimes it takes a little while for tight ends, for rookie tight ends to really contribute as the season goes along. But, you know, if they can get something out of him early on, it's another target for Kirk Cousins. It can only help the quarterback. And I think this quarterback has shown that he needs as many weapons and targets as possible. And if Irv Smith can continue to emerge as one, this offense can be in pretty good shape. Yeah. I mean, I think – the, the skill position players up and down. We touched on it earlier on, but when you look and see that you have a $14 million wide receiver in Stefan Diggs that basically hasn't been used in the first three weeks of the season, and you're putting yeah. up this many yards and points, it's pretty amazing. Actually, there's probably a conversation to be had at some point about Stefan Diggs and just like, why is he not, why is he only catching five yard passes and why does he only have a limited amount of targets so far this season? But there's a lot going back to their blueprint. They're clearly focused on running the ball 30 times a game and just jamming it down opponent's throats until they have to pass. And so if they're only going to be throwing, you know, 20 times a game so far uh, on average, I think even less than that, if you average the first three games, there's just not that many targets to go around. And I don't know if Irv Smith is going to jump into the target mix, too. In fact, if I'm going to rank just based on the first three weeks, if I'm going to rank the guys that I want to see getting the ball on offense for the Vikings. Dalvin Cook is number one. Mm-hmm. Best running back in the NFL. Adam Thielen's probably number two. I think Stefan Diggs should be number three, but if Irv Smith wanted to challenge and get into that top three or four above Kyle Rudolph, I wouldn't fight you. If you told yeah. me going forward, hey, Irv Smith is going to be one of the top three or four most featured offensive pieces, and and he's going to have games like he had today, I'm in. Sign me up. Well, and here's what's here's what I think is going to happen over the next few weeks too, as the season progresses. We might not see this against Chicago next week because the Bears' defense is just phenomenal, and I think they trust what they're able to do and they trust their scheme. But we may start seeing more teams try and stack the box to stop Dalvin Cook as Dalvin Cook continues to rack up 100-yard games. Teams are going to start taking notice. They're going to get more film on what this team what this team is trying to do run, running the football. So teams are going to start trying to stack the box and take Dalvin Cook away. And knowing who Kirk Cousins is, they're going to start trying to force Kirk Cousins to try and beat them. And that could open up some opportunities for, you know, some guys in the passing game to uh, the, the, to really emerge. And, you know, and that's, again, that's going to rest on the shoulders of the quarterback yeah. to when they take away the running game, or teams are going to try and do that at least, Cousins needs to put a little bit more on his shoulders now and start making some throws down the field because the opportunities will be there and he's got to go out and execute. So I think what they have in Dalvin Cook, I mean, this is, this is the Dalvin Cook show for this offense. This offense is centered around Dalvin Cook and what he can do, not only as a runner, but as a pass catcher as well. So that's going to be the first 
order of operation for this team offensively is to get Dalvin Cook the ball as much as possible and get him involved. But when teams start to try and take that away, now that's going to open up some opportunities for some of the receivers. Irv Smith Jr., like you said, Kyle Rudolph, who's off to kind of a slow start this year. Um, There's going to be some opportunities there. It's just going to come down to the quarterback being able to execute. What did you think of Daniel Carlson getting booed multiple times today? Wasn't that hilarious? Oh, God, you can't make it up. Man, it's so Vikings fans, though. That's that is I was not. It was hilarious, (laughs) but I was not the least bit surprised that they booed him. To, he, he came out for the extra point when the Raiders scored the touchdown in the first <laughs> half, and they were booing him. He was kicking an extra point. By the way, like that that 50-yarder that doinked off the right upright, that was crowd-driven, right? That's a tough oh, field yeah. goal to make, but oh, but yeah. that guy, he got flustered. And what, what? Well, you pulled the numbers. He's been amazing for the Raiders. Yeah. But in game, it, what is it? One. He's one for what now? He's one for five. Daniel Carlson is one for five in field goal attempts in games <laughs> involving the Minnesota Vikings. I love it. So he was one for four overall last year with the Vikings, and then he had the had the miss from fifty yards today. So he's one for five in any game that he participates in that involves the Minnesota Vikings. It's amazing. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna keep. Uh... I'm going to keep going through here. Just And, and by the way, uh, we'll, we'll take comments on Twitter, too, if you want to just at us, at Phil Mackey, at Manny Hill 84 and at Score North. We're also monitoring the, uh, the Periscope chat box. I see some of you guys are watching on Twitch and Facebook, and we appreciate it. Um, Ultimate Twins fan uh, references Mark Schlereth and Fox referring to Rey Mysterio and his luchadors as Nacho Libre. Well, I think a lot of people are wondering, why did Rey Mysterio have a mask on inside of a football stadium because he's a luchador man it's like Rey mysterio is not going out in public with without that mask on i don't think he's gone out in public for 25 years without the mask on no i mean the last time i saw Rey mysterio without his mask on was when he was with wcw like in the late 90s like i think that was the last time i ever saw him without wearing that mask i almost forgot what he looked like to be honest with you so yeah i mean he's it's Rey mysterio man that's what he does he wears the mask <laughs> So let's let's look ahead here because that was like we said, that's a game that you had to win, keep your season alive. If the Vikings weren't going to win that game today, then there's a whole nother discussion to be had for the season and hot seats and things like that. But yep. they're two and one, and now they go on the road for two weeks, and then even after that they come home. And the Eagles are not a pushover, but you go at Chicago, at the Giants in Week Five, and then home against the Eagles. I mean, I think you got to win two of these next three. I th- I think you have to. Yeah. I think you have to track to be four and two. What's my math on that? I think you have to be four and two going into the Lions and the Redskins games. You know, I said before the season I'd like to see these guys at six and two going into that really tough stretch at Kansas City. You you got to bank wins early here because at Kansas City, at the Cowboys, at the Seahawks, you got at Chargers, home against Packers, home against Bears. There are some. T- off games down the stretch yeah so if if you can get i think your path to 10 and 6 which probably guarantees you a playoff spot i think starting six and two and then holding on and and trying like hell to go four and four in those final eight games with some yeah. tough games on your schedule i think that's the blueprint so you got to win two of these next three for me yeah and if you want to try and win this division i mean listen green bay is three and oh they beat the broncos today 27 16 and the Detroit Lions found a way to not Lions themselves yeah. against the Philadelphia Eagles today. And so the Lions are 2-0-1. And, 
And so they're they're up on you. That that you're the Vikings are two and one, but they're in third place in the NFC North right now. So I mean, you, it's important to get these next couple of games. The Bears, that's a tough matchup next week, but that's an opportunity for you to not only keep yourself in the mix for for you know a conversation of winning the NFC North, but that also puts the Bears behind the eight ball if you can go in there and win that game. I mean, if you can't go on the road and beat Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, I like Pat Shermer, but I mean, Mike Zimmer historically has always done really well against rookie quarterbacks and that's going to be an opportunity for you there at the Meadowlands to beat a bad Giants team all you got to do is just shut down Saquon Barkley and you're going to beat that team um so that's a winnable game obviously and then Philadelphia I think what we're seeing from from the Eagles last couple weeks I don't know the Eagles aren't I'm not sure the Eagles are as good as I thought they were going to be going into this year they lost that game to Atlanta last week and they lost to the Detroit Lions today at home it's still going to be a tough matchup, but I think that's a game at home that, that the Vikings should be able to win. Uh, let me just go through uh, here. John chimes in at Score North on Twitter. Cousins, 15 completions on 21 attempts, a touchdown, no picks, eight and a half yards per attempt, no sacks taken, smartly pulled the ball down three times and ran for positive yards each time with no fumbles. You reported correctly, uh, Kirk Cousins bad last week. This week, Vikes can't take anything from Kirk Cousins playing Zim's perfect game. This was this was the, week one and week three. Those are the, the I think those are the exact games that Mike Zimmer wants Kirk Cousins to play. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that he's being paid a lot more. That he's he's being paid to do a lot more well, than he, just go totally, fifteen totally twenty one. To yeah. But you can't change that now. You 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 took your car out and you last year you tested Kirk Cousins in terms of the attempts that you gave him. And the workload that you put on his shoulders last year, you said, we're going to we're going to drive this car as if it's a two hundred thousand dollar car or a thirty million dollar quarterback. Yeah. And then you kind of realized, yeah, all right, there's a all right. The, the, the muffler's a little loud. OK, there's some there's some issues here. <laughs> and I don't think you have to, I don't think you can look at the price tag anymore. I think you have to look at the reality and. There's going to be games where you fall behind and he has to throw 40 times, and that's where you say, oh, cool, all right, well, got Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. Uh, you got two tight ends, and you got Dalvin Cook you can still throw the ball to. But, yeah, just to respond to uh, to John's tweet, yeah, he and, and the second part to his tweet is Kirk has a lot to prove. Today's game showed uh, progress in learning how to play the way Zimmer demands, be efficient. Uh, when we throw in a balanced game plan, run when it's there, protect the ball, make plays, and they're down. Yeah. That's the blueprint. Um, you know, I still question if it's a blueprint that will be sustainable going through the playoffs and on a run to the Super Bowl, because I think for as good as this defense is, Danny and I talked about this this morning, I I think this defense, for as tremendous as they are, and I'm not trying to bash them or anything, I do think this defense is going to have to be even better in order to give this team a legitimate shot of going all the way. Otherwise, you're going to need Kirk Cousins, I think, against better opponents to do a little bit more in the passing game for you. I just, it's it's going to be really, really hard to, because for as good as Dalvin Cook has been these first three weeks, and he's been tremendous, and the offensive line has done a really nice job opening up holes for him, and he's taken advantage of that. There's gonna there's gonna come a time where a team is gonna be able to sniff that out and shut that down to a degree. And when that happens, 
is Kirk Cousins going to be able to put a little bit more on his shoulders and deliver and make some throws to keep them in the game? Is the defense going to be able to hold teams down? Because the defense, look, for as good as the defense is, they're not going to shut everybody down every single week. You're going to need to win a game where Kirk Cousins is going to have to make some plays. Is he going to need to throw for 380 yards and five touchdowns? I don't think they'll ever be in a situation where that's going to be required of Kirk Cousins. But there's going to be some times where he's going to have to make some throws and make some plays in big moments. And it remains to be seen if he can actually be able to do that. Yeah, I still just I don't know. I don't know how far this team can go until they do it against the Bears on the road or yeah. they do it against. I'm not going to say at Kansas City because, I mean, I get if they do it at Kansas City, then obviously, OK. Now it's a different conversation, but really this game against the bears, this is a, this is a perfectly timed game because you've two, two out of the three weeks, you have executed your perfect blueprint. Mm -hmm. And in the other week in which you lost, you executed a very, very good version of your blueprint early hiccup defensively. You, you straightened it out throughout the game and then your, your quarterback got, got, got wacky at the end. So can you, can you take the week one, week three version of this blueprint and insert it in at Soldier Field and win that game. Because I would argue it would be one of the three biggest wins post-Minneapolis Miracle uh, that yeah. Mike Zimmer and, and Kirk Cousins will have had. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is, this is going to be a big one. This is going to be a big measuring stick. I'm not too worried about the Vikings defense next week because they're going up against Mitch Trubisky. Um, so I'm not worried about that side of it. But... I am concerned about what this offense, particularly this quarterback, can do against that defense next week. There's no guarantee that Dalvin Cook is going to be able to run the football the way he's been able to run it in these first in these first three games. You know, Akeem Hicks, Phil, is a monster. I mean, you know this. Hakeem Hicks is he is unbelievably good. Yeah. And so it's going to be hard for them to move the ball next week. But can they do enough? The defense will keep them in it. The question is, can they do enough on offense? Can they run the football just enough? And can Kirk Cousins make two or three throws in the game that can propel them to a victory? It remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. But it'll be interesting and compelling to see. Yeah. So um, any final thoughts from you? Just uh, off of Vikings 2-1. and one. They did what they're supposed to do at home today, and uh, now you just sort of you wait until next week. But any any final thoughts from from you, Manny Hill? No, good good performance today. You, you, they took they took care of business. They ran the ball. They didn't turn it over. The defense was was stout from start to finish. Um, good performance, and I think you just have to hope it carries on into into next week. Next week is going to be a tough one. It's going to be on the road against a really a great defense. Um, but what they have going for them is that. Mitch Trubisky will be on the other side of the field too. So that will give them, I think that will give them a legit, legitimate shot. Christian Ponder 2.0. Yes. Dude, yes, if you're, is. if you're a Bears fan right now, I mean, how do you, you look around the league, you look at Pat Mahomes for one might be the, the best quarterback that we've seen of this generation. Yep. But man, you look around the league and you got Mitch Trubisky. So good luck, Chicago Bears. But for, for whatever reason, the Bears, even without, great quarterbacks find ways to beat the Vikings at soldier field. Yes. So you can't get Chad Hutchinson and yeah. Rex Grossman with a quarterback rating of eight. 
<laughs> still finds a way to beat the Vikings. So, yeah, it, it's going to be tough next week, but it should be fun. Our guy Rami's going to be insufferable around the office this week, <laughs> too, isn't he? I know. It's going to be ridiculous. Oh, goodness gracious. He's going to yeah. wear his bare Zubas unwashed every day. He's going to sure. have the sunglasses on indoors, too, probably the whole the whole get up. Yeah. The Jim McMahon uh, <laughs> look. Yeah. So, all right, that's Manny Hill. You can follow him on Twitter at Manny Hill 84. I'm Phil Mackey. You can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram uh, at Phil Mackey, M-A-C-K-E-Y. This has been Vikings Ventline video streaming edition. Thank you for everyone who chimed in with your comments. And if you're not subscribed to the Vikings Ventline podcast feed, it's a six day a week show during the season. Judd and Danny and Manny from Monday through Friday on Score North, 10 a.m. on Mondays, 11 a.m. Tuesday through Friday, and available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North mobile app. It also helps spread the word. If you like this show, if you like what we're doing at Score North, it really helps us and it helps us grow as we're only about eight months into this new brand. Uh, when you give us a five star review on Apple or Spotify, leave a positive comment and go tell five friends that we exist or Tell them that we suck, whatever. Just spread the word about Score North and Vikings Ventline. We really appreciate it, and we'll catch you next time. This holiday, whether you're making a Fred Meyer Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Fred Meyer has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup, so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Already? I'll be right there. It's happening. Take I-5 South. You are on the fastest route. Mom says, OMG. I'll let everyone know. You have arrived. Honey, I'm, I'm right here. She's doing great. We're almost there. She's perfect. Hey, baby girl. The whole world can't wait to meet you. Live larger with more coverage. Share your news, big and small, on AT&T, the network that now covers more than 99% of Oregonians. Visit your AT&T store to learn more. Coverage isn't available everywhere based on third-party data. 